ready for week six of the NFL season. You know we are here at the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Week six kicking off tonight. We are ready to break things down for you on this episode of the Fantasy Football Pod. Michael Beller leading things off here. I am joined by Jake Seeley. Jake, what's up, man? <laughs> what's up? I need my second win. Usually I get it right around this time of the year. and I need that second one because... Like we got an extra week this year. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I haven't played a video game since the season. Actually, since August, we were doing our preseason coverage. I haven't even like done anything. And that Back for Blood, the zombie game, the new one came out for everybody that knows what I'm talking about on Xbox. Maybe I'll try and get into that on the weekend. It'll give me some new life. Some, some there you extra, go. Extra oomph. How about a, a zombie game giving you new life? It's like you're you're sort of a zombie oh, wandering see, yeah, through that this uh, that wandering through that. this football <laughs> season, and you just need a little bit of that video game blood to sustain you. Brandon Funston also here with us. What's up, Brandon? I'm doing good, and I'm doing better now because Jake gave me something to you know name drop to my 15 year old son to give me some street cred. Like, How about that <laughs> new back, back for blood? blood game? Yeah, exactly. He's got his oh. Xbox One. He might actually think I'm kind of cool. Hey, there for, you go. Does he have for Game Pass? About it's free that. on yeah. Game Pass. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he has that. Okay. You can oh, even man. tell him it's it's by the makers of Left 4 Dead. There you go. Like, okay. I gave you two name drops there. <laughs> Space them out. Space them out like a couple of days because you might need. Right, you That's might. Right. Need, you, yeah, right. You no, 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 because the whole no, no, you can't do it. See, this is, no, this is this is where you're gonna sound like a dad if you do that. You have to be like, <laughs> I saw those Left for Dead people came out with Back for Blood. Are you gonna play it? Like that's that's what you do. That's how you, there's there's your street cred. Am I uh, looking like a dad for writing this down? <laughs> is it on the schedule behind you? <laughs> yeah, not, not yeah, yet. Right, put it on there, then you then you definitely won't forget. Uh, we're here to talk some week six rankings. It's our first week, you guys, with bye weeks. Not actually a bad bye week group uh, in uh, the fantasy world, right? We've got the Jets, Falcons, 49ers, and Saints. So, you know, no one that we're – obviously, there's a couple of guys. There's always going to be a couple of guys. But as far as bye weeks in the fantasy world go, this one's certainly not a bad one. But just – Keeping in mind, bye weeks now for uh, pretty much the actually the rest, right? The rest of the fantasy regular Nine. season or bye weeks all, all the way through week through, fourteen, all the way through week fourteen. So something we're going to be dealing with all the way up until just about Christmas. So uh, keep that in mind as we are going through this discussion. We're going to start things off at the quarterback position, you guys. And I was going through your rankings, your respective rankings yesterday, and first thing that jumped out to me is this, Jake. We're doing this Taylor Heineke thing, huh? We're doing it. <laughs> I know a lot of people were disappointed from last week, and I've said this multiple times already on two different people. I don't even know what shows I've said it on at this point, but the truth of Heineke, I even talked about on the Washington Huddle show that's here locally that we cover that I do on Wednesday nights, is the fact that his dial doesn't turn down from a 10 in aggressiveness. Like He's essentially Jameis Winston. This is what I made the comparison. Jameis Winston, when he threw 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions obviously well 33 and 30 but you get the point it's like he doesn't know how to turn it off and that's part of the reason he's been in out of the nfl and then he was in the xfl for part of a time that's part of the reason he's been a backup and part of the reason too is he knows that he has to do everything he possibly can to just have a job in the nfl so you would love to see him be able to turn that dial down and make some smarter plays but for fantasy purposes more often than not, it's not that bad. We'll take it. I mean, there's a reason Jameis Winston was a top five quarterback, even with 30 interceptions. And you add to it, he's facing the Chiefs. It doesn't get much better than facing the Chiefs, especially when on the right. flip side, the Washington team is also top five for having passes going against them. So you know the Chiefs are going to push the score. So it's just, it's just this is the perfect match of the first situation, which probably means he's going to go through a 150 and two interceptions. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, Jake said it all pretty much. He forgot to throw in the 25-plus rushing yards per game that come with him. But, yeah, you imagine high volume. It's not pretty. I, he doesn't have a strong arm, and when he tries to, you know, play at that 10 pace that Jake says and he tries to force a pass when he doesn't have that strong arm, it gets intercepted, and that's just the, the way it goes. But, um, yeah, it's working out. What is he, QB 15 right now? And that's and this is the best matchup on paper. Uh, for a quarterback, so I'm I'm ranking him 13, uh, which is you know basically saying if you Why got you him and you want to, pl- yeah, maybe do I have him 12? I might have him 12. I don't know. <laughs> I, if I have him 12, I can say he's a QB one for me. So, um, but he's right. I can there. say yeah. he's a QB one. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, you've got him maybe. inside the top 12, Jake. Yeah, at 12, right on the nose. In front of I'd play him over Sam Darnold against Minnesota. Yep. Who else? Who else you got him over? Right, uh, right behind that, Tannehill, Daniel Jones, who's in, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, and down from there. There you go, Taylor Heineke jumping up. Could be a high-scoring game. Oh, I got him Chiefs. at 12. I got him at 12. Oh, look at this. We've got <laughs> unanimous. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to knock this mic over one of these days. Unanimous He's a QB1. QB1. <laughs> Taylor Heineke, we go out and get him in your lineups. Jake, you mentioned Ryan Tannehill. You're at QB 14 on him. Brandon, much lower. Let's go head-to-head on Ryan Tannehill. Let's hear from Brandon first. Make the anti-Tannehill case. (laughs) Well, so first of all, Tannehill this season's QB 20. I mean, he's uh, got, what, five touchdown passes on the year. And so I'm sort of ranking him where he's been producing to, but now you also add into the fact this is the opposite of Taylor Heineke. He's facing the Buffalo Bills, who are giving up 5.4 yards per pass attempt. It's almost a, a full yard better than anybody else in the league. Yeah, they've played some bad quarterbacks, but they also played a couple good quarterbacks as well. And I just, you know, maybe I'll move him up if we get Julio Jones back. It sounds like he's trying to get himself back, but if it's just A.J. Brown, I don't think that's enough for me. I, I could get as high as maybe QB 18 or 17, but I'm not getting him close to the QB one range this week. Yeah. We talked about Tyler Haneke though. He did throw two touchdowns against this team. Granted he ran for one, which really helped his day, but th- it really comes down to Brandon just mentioned it. I have Julio Jones in and you know, if mm-hmm. I don't have Julio Jones in, I'm looking at my ranks right now. I'd probably, it wouldn't be a huge knock. I'd probably still have him over Brandon. Uh, but I uh, would definitely put him behind Daniel Jones, even against the Rams. Uh, they don't have Darius Williams, which helps a little bit, but I'd probably put him behind Daniel Jones. And then I start trying to debate. I mean, I don't know that I, I, I like Trevor Lawrence against Miami, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I, I don't you – know, Tannehill I trust more. Carson Wentz looked fine, got a great matchup, but he's still standing in mud in the backfield there. So I just – it's there's a lot that's just in this mess. Maybe – Kirk Cousins, but I just feel like the, the problem with that, the reason I have Kirk Cousins down here is because I have Dalvin Cook coming back. So there's a lot sure. of ifs here. Is like I just don't think like Kirk Cousins is not going to have to throw the ball 35 times against Carolina if Dalvin Cook is back. One thing yeah, I'll do to, some- to argue against myself really quickly is Tennessee does change defenses. Like you can't play, you can't play a deep cover two against the Tennessee Titans and Otherwise, Derrick Henry is going to liable to go for 200 yards against you. You have to bring mm-hmm. you have to bring safeties up to the line of scrimmage. So I know Buffalo has been doing that a lot, and that's that's how they basically kept Pat Mahomes in check. But um, 
I still think it's going to be. There's still a great defense, and it still kind of has me concerned. Well, and he let Michael Harmon just destroy them because of what you just yeah, said. Yeah, what nine twelve seventy six for Hardman in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and not to like, I do want to. I, I want to sidebar real quick. Sorry, Miller. I don't want to like take over the show, oh, but I want sidebar, people to understand. No, I want people to understand because I'm glad that Brandon brought up that point because on I know I've done this on two shows this week. I brought up that point of what you just said about cover two for why the Ravens are working so well this year is because. You try to start Marquise Brown deep, and when the cover two, you open it up for Lamar Jackson to go all fifty yards in any single mm-hmm. run that he wants, and that's so. What you do is end up pulling the safeties back in, and then you hit Marquise Brown over the top. The difference is, it's not like they've never tried to do that before, but this year they're increasing the passing opportunities for Lamar Jackson, which is just created this storm of there's nothing you can do to stop the Ravens right now. So that's uh, it's a very important thing to look for, what Brandon just mentioned, especially if you can uh, – I know some reports by different sites are out there. You can look at teams that run a lot of cover two or even cover three. I, I felt the uh, quarterback position this week was relatively self-evident. There weren't too many hard decisions to make. I don't think too many people are going to have that tough of ch- choices to make at the quarterback position. So I thought we could take a moment to ask – is there a QB you would think about trading for right now? It's a position yeah. that we don't often think about making trades at, but yeah, Jake, uh, it was actually something in your column that uh, <laughs> that sparked me to ask you guys this question. What are you looking at here? I am buying. The, for I don't understand the hesitancy of it, but I'm still buying Joe Burrow. And this is not the draft Joe Burrow, but I saw people <laughs> are like, oh, should I really want to start him this week? He's, you know, been kind of quiet or whatever. It's like, he's facing the Lions, first of all. Like, how do you not want to start your quarterback? And what I kind of put in there and what you said in the column, as I liken it, he's turning into Ryan Tannehill and the fact that he's been remarkably efficient. He's throwing two, three touchdowns on only 25, 28, 30 pass attempts. It's not the 40 pass attempts per game, which is why we were banging the table draft Joe Burrow. But if he's going to ever throw 40 times in a game and keep this efficiency, which is what we mm-hmm. want from our quarterbacks in general, like I just. And you look at the schedule, it's not that scary down the stretch. Uh, I, I, If you were hesitant on Joe Burrow because of that slow start and people are still not treating him as a top 10 potential quarterback, go get him now. I would throw in a guy that we all had ranked right next to Joe Burrow going into the season is Trevor Lawrence. I think you look at it as an as a insurance quarterback to have or you're not happy with the, the guy that you have. First of all, Trevor Lawrence plays in the easiest division in in the league, and there's some nice matchups down the stretch with him. But he's running Trevor Lawrence now. I mean, he's getting 20-plus. Finally. He's like Taylor Heineke. He's getting you that 25 rushing yards per game and calling his number at the goal line. I just think, you know, we saw this with Joe Burrow. He was shaky early as a rookie, and, he, and then he really started to get into a groove, and then he got hurt, and we lost it. But, you know, I kind of feel like maybe Trevor Lawrence is on the same track. And here's the good thing about yours real quick is you might not even have to because they have a bye yeah. next week. People might just outright mm-hmm. drop Well, him. I know he was available in, in one of my 12-team leagues uh, where I had yeah. Russell Wilson. I picked him up. Yeah. Yeah, yep. there you there go. You go. So we, we, we've got a new chant now for the show. Now it's trade for Joe Burrow. <laughs> trade for Joe Burrow. Let's do it. Let's get, get four in there really quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trade so for you, Burrow. <laughs> there we go. Trade, trade for, for Burrow. Burrow. There you go. Trade for for Burrow, right there we go. They can do it with Lawrence always, too. See, we could we could bring we could bring a little musical element to this show. I know I keep trying to push it. We could bring a little musical element to this show if we want to. Joe Burrow <laughs> could definitely be the inspiration for that, right there, you guys. All right, guys, let's jump over to the running back position here, and we're going to start this off with make a case for it's become my favorite game 
at uh, on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast every single Thursday. We're going to make a case for some guys, so you know the drill. I've got four names right here. We're just going to okay. mix them up, mix them that's, up. That's good. While you're mixing them up, it's still six weeks in. You need to bring back the blackboard because we still haven't used it after I bought it for the season. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring, I promise you, Jake, my, my word to you, we will bring back the blackboard next week. All right, here's the one I'm going with for uh, first one today. All right, this is an interesting dude. Let's go to Jake on this one. Let's make a case for Latavius Murray. This is easy to make a case for Latavius Murray. I, I generally, after what we just saw, don't want a lot to do with backfields that are a mess. But the good mm-hmm. thing for Latavius Murray this week is it's all matchup dependent. Uh, actually lost. I know Ballard's going to get mad because it was a parlay, but it was a small parlay. I was just having fun. But I had a parlay that included Latavius Murray scoring a touchdown. I got every single else part of the parlay. It was only <laughs> a five-way parlay. I lost that part of it. I was so Oof. rooting for to get the touchdown. But the Chargers... <laughs> The Chargers, the Cardinals, those are two of the most exploitable run defenses this year. Last year, we knew it was the Lions, which still are this year, but it was Lions and Packers. It was the whole David Montgomery stretch down the, down the way. So if you look at it with Latavius Murray, is the Chargers are allowing a ton of big runs, a ton of touchdowns, a ton of runs up the gut. And this just sets up for a Latavius Murray game. Devontae Freeman got some use in the passing game late, which would be a concern if they had to pass more. Tyson Williams is still clearly the third option down the chart. This is basically Latavius Murray. I'm going in this game hoping for 60 yards and a touchdown. And he's just one of the guys in that group. We talked about it a little bit last week. There are a lot of guys who fit into that group. Latavius <laughs> feels like one, maybe the best of that group this Sorry, week. Sorry, I'm laughing at Phil because he said somebody reimbursed me. Yes, reimburse <laughs> me my $13 for that little reimburse blackboard. Jake for that blackboard that he, that he purchased. Get him some space in the house for crying out loud. Uh, let's see. While you're shuffling. In, I'm going to have to go find that out, out, Joe. <laughs> I don't, is somebody, J- John just said uh, congrats to me for being number four. I thought it was number six, but thanks either way. I'm in the top uh, ten still for accuracy. Congrats to Jake Thank and you. congrats to Brandon for making a case for where is it at there it is Devonte booker oh Devonte booker <laughs> uh the zero wins above replacement for saquon barkley um <laughs> look at look at we always preach volume and what what did we see when barkley went out he had 19 touches in that game after mm-hmm. after barkley went out in the first quarter and he is he is the you know we saw how much saquon barkley gets used in this offense and they use yep. B- booker the same way so then it comes down to okay you're getting you're getting the touches. You're getting the goal line touches as well. Two two touchdowns in that game. One rushing. One a short area receiving touchdown. So now it's a matchup. The Rams. Oh, you know it's the Rams. It sounds bad, but they're giving up four point three yards per carry to the running back position. Uh, they're top ten in yards allowed to running back. So I look at Booker saying volume is game script agnostic for him. You know, so he's going to be in there whether they're getting blown out or whether it's competitive, and he's going to be getting his touches. To me, that is worth a back end RB two play for sure. There you go, and he was. Only yeah, what's up, two, Jake? I was gonna say my only two hesitancy parts. Uh, I mean, I'm 21, mm-hmm. so I still have him as a back end RB two. Not that hesitant. Yeah. Yeah. Against the Rams, of course, but two is just Gary Brightwell. How much is he used when mm-hmm. they have a week where they know Barkley? Because two weeks ago, B- Booker was in healthy and active and again you know i don't know if that was maybe something happened in practice that week and it was just a one week thing but this is going to be 90 percent again if they go into this game knowing barkley is out my uh, my only really quick counter to that would be is i would with daniel jones coming off a concussion facing aaron donald and floyd and and like are they going to throw a rookie into significant playing time in that first time so then they have um oh oh, uh, ah eli 
what the hell's his last name? I can't think of his last the, the fullback, the fullback slash Penny? running back. Oh, Penny. Thank you, Penny. I couldn't think yeah. of his last name. Shots, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. That's. I, I mean, you know, pretty successful cases, you guys. We're gonna keep making a case here. Give me Brandon and RB three who should be in lineups this week. Oh, hold on. I had one. Um, <laughs> that would one. be um, RB three. They should be in line. Hold it. on. Don't take uh, it. Uh-oh. He's going to jump in and say oh, it okay. if you don't. So I, I <laughs> know who it is. Four. We're going to talk about uh, uh, Miles Gaskin. He's he's ranked oh. RB25 in consensus this week. Uh, Tua's back. We saw him get the 10 targets last week from J- Jacoby Brissett. But you look at Tua, the history with the, the two of them together in the five games that they played together. And, you know, it's been double-digit fantasy points in half PPR every time. Uh, and Miles Gaskin really, I feel, is – Sort of starting to separate finally. Um, I think they went through the Malcolm Brown, you know, two two yards in a cloud of dust experiment and are ready to move on and, and lean mm-hmm. a little bit more into Miles Gaskin. I think he just fits with Tua. And so I would I have him well inside my top 20. Not well inside. I have him RB18 this week. Yeah, comfortably. Jake, save your Gaskin thoughts because this guy's just blown up rundowns left and right. I Who's know, your RB3 that, that should be in lineups here, Jake? <laughs> I see that. I, I was going to go to your team, uh, your boy, Khalil Herbert. Uh, this, oh, this is twofold. Okay. I, don't ex- I don't expect – we talked about it on the Monday show. I don't expect the workload to be that similar. Like, I yeah. don't think there would be 50-50. Not against the Packers. Uh, yeah, and the touches to actually be in favor of Herbert. But I do think he's going to be more involved than people originally thought. And I compared it on Monday when we were talking. I said it to the Broncos. as like a Melvin Gordon, Javante sure. Williams. And you're also, at the same time of being f- kind of forced into the situation, you're also getting to evaluate Herbert as a rookie potentially for the long-term solution, as I mentioned on Monday, is that he might be the starter next year because Damian Williams and David Montgomery might be gone. So, mm-hmm. again, I only have him in the 30s, it's, but you're talking about an RB3, and that's what we're talking about here. Against the Packers, especially if they have to pass a little bit, and I know that's the bigger concern is that they're not even attempting 20 passes, but if right, you get right. some of those dink and dunks and you know maybe they just play ball control, that's the biggest thing. Like No matter which way they go with this, if they just run the ball 60 times or they actually dink and dunk them, either way, Herbert should get touches. That's both. that's what's good about it. I think there's an argument to be made that the Bears can't possibly keep up in a fast-paced game with the Packers. Not that the Packers, the Packers actually play awfully slow, um, <laughs> but they, they can't keep up in a game that plays into the high 20s. It's right? going to be Bears 40 formula, nothing and they're still running the ball. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears' formula for winning is, right, like to pull off the upset is like, 20 to 17 something along those lines yeah. so well, yeah, their maybe defense that has plays, been playing good this year you never know playing very good playing very good uh, it's, it's you know i'm 37 years old and i feel like i'm watching the same exact bear season for like the fir- 34th time uh in my <laughs> life it's just it's just sort of how it goes with i this thought you're gonna make i thought you're gonna be i'm 37 years old and been watching this defense for 45 years or something <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah, I mean, that's, that's honestly what it feels like here you guys let's get into one of the other um you know um Step up running backs this week with Clyde Edwards Alaire out. Daryl Williams is uh, we're expecting at least taking on a larger role for the Chiefs, and we've got a nice head to head here. At least as of last night, these are where you had these. This is where you guys had Daryl Williams. Jake was at RB seventeen. Brandon at RB twenty six. Jake, let's hear from you first. The positive case for Daryl Williams with the Chiefs going up against Washington this week. Yeah, he fell one spot. He's eighteen, so still it's right there. <laughs> Either way, he's inside my top twenty. It just comes down to he just took over Clyde Edwards-Alaire's role. Hey, let me phrase it this way in the simple version, and I'm like, come for Funston on this one. If you like Booker, how don't you like Daryl Williams? I know McKinnon's going to be involved a little bit, but Daryl Williams is not going to see 10, 12 touches to Jarek McKinnon, and it's the Chiefs offense, and it's the Washington defense, which, holy crap, I will admit from the jump, I said in the preseason that Washington defense is scary. I will say in week six, 
It is not at all. It is the exact opposite. It is a bunch of like pillowcases out there. Like they're they're doing nothing. Uh, I don't get it. So Daryl Williams for the Chiefs. I I have a. But I think this is one like if I put a bet just in this game of all, I wouldn't even touch the yards. I wouldn't. I would just touch the touchdown score. I would just put Daryl Williams to score a touchdown. I think is a lock. Yeah, I think he's Latavius Murray. I think he's sixty yards and a touchdown at his highest. I I think he's better than that. My one-for-one one replacement on Saquon went from if, – if Saquon was playing, I would be ranking as an RB1 where I, I ranked Devontae Booker, you know, almost outside the top 20. So I'm I'm saying they're going to have the same roles, but I'm I'm noticing a talent difference. And you're ranking Clyde Edwards-Alaire like you might rank – you know, you, you're you ranking Williams like you might rank Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, because I was, don't think the talent difference is that big. Well, I, I, I think we're going to see more Jarek McKinnon in a complimentary role than we saw Daryl Williams in a complimentary role to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I will say that uh, they do they are actually pretty good against the run, and they're terrible against the pass, but they've been a decently, you know, they've held their own uh, against running backs on the ground. I just, Daryl Williams is not that dynamic to me, and this is a Chiefs, this is a Chiefs team that they're like 24th in RB touches. Uh, you know, they don't throw the ball to the running backs a lot. They actually don't run the ball with the running backs a lot. They don't. Love the backfield a lot. So I just, I don't know. I just can't get too excited about Daryl Williams. And like I said, I think I think McKinnon's going to be bigger than what Williams was in a backup role to Alaire. We've got some Daryl Williams-related questions from Brandon uh, Bright. So let's get to those here. He picked him up for the nice price of $69, now trying to trade him. Would you do A-Rob and Daryl Williams for Daryl Henderson and then Daryl Williams for Jamar Chase? I'll speak for all of us. That second one is an absolute slam dunk. Don't even think twice about it. Where are we at on that first one, Funston? A-Rob and Daryl Williams for Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I'd do that. Daryl Henderson's here for the for the long haul. Uh, Daryl Williams is not, and – a Rob, we don't know. I mean, he's a I'm surprised. He's, yeah, I mean, uh, I if somebody asked the other day, they said Alan Ramos for Zach Moss, and I was like, I'll take Moss mostly because he's also a running back. But I'm surprised you can't even get that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as Henderson stays healthy, like it's not That's a platoon. It's not yeah. a platoon. I mean, they no, no, they are not, not interested in playing Michelle in in an even role with Henderson. They he, Henderson's clearly the guy. So, um, and it's a good it's a good setup. There uh, for Brandon him, so. messed up. Brandon, you got Daryl Williams correctly twice, and then you messed up on the last one. You yeah, the extra L <laughs> yeah. on the last one. <laughs> we'll, that tra- uh, we'll, that we'll, trade is an L. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you the uh, give you the benefit of the doubt and assume that was an autocorrect there, as you were putting in that uh, that third Daryl. Let's jump on to our next thing here, you guys. I've actually got. Three different, um, yeah, let's do it like this. Uh, three different uh, pairings of running backs that are thought of in a similar vein in the fantasy world. Let's start with guys who are backups on their real life team, and one of them we're assuming that um, that that Dalvin Cook does come back. Who's the more viable backup running back in real life as a fantasy starter this week, Jake? Tony Pollard or Alexander Madison? Again, for the sake of this conversation, assume Dalvin Cook this. plays. Yeah, assuming Dalvin Cook plays, it's Tony Pollard. I do think Dalvin Cook, if plays, is not going to get his 90% workload. I think the Vikings have finally, I don't know how many times you have to be told or shown that you can't keep doing this to Dalvin Cook. And the fact that Alexander Madison should be used like Tony Pollard. That's really what it comes down to. So I do think they'll start to lean that way because they're smart, hopefully intelligent coaches and do let Madison spell Cook. But we've already seen... Even without the injury, Tony Pollard is officially in the RB3 and with buys, if not the top 30, every single week he's getting 60, 70 yards and potentially a touchdown, even with Zeke going ham and being a top five running back. So it's Tony Pollard for me. 
Yeah, I mean, I think to look at Tony Pollard, sort of like Kareem Hunt. I mean, he's getting double-digit touches every week. He's not scoring as much as Hunt, but their their overall workload is like 10, 9 difference, like one or two touches mm-hmm. difference a week. And it's, uh, you know, Dallas is run blocking really well. Look at the yards while you're talking. Yeah. I mean, where their yards are almost identical. It's just the touchdowns. It's just the touchdowns, yeah. Pollard. yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Pollard's you can use even when when Elliot's healthy. When when Dalvin Cook's all the yeah, way healthy. We've seen it all year. Yeah. When Dalvin Cook's healthy, you can't it's, use Madison. So I'd rather It's about Pollard. 450 for Hunt and about 420 for Tony Pollard. Right. Tony Pollard definitely entering this uh this weekly start conversation for sure with the role that he's playing in Dallas now that the bye weeks are here and a very high scoring offense in that Dallas By Cowboys. By the way, Kareem group. Hunt to score a touchdown every week, he get plus money plus on that odds, one. yeah. <laughs> Five touchdowns, right, uh, this season, right? He had the two and then one, 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 right? He scored He scored in four games, five yeah. touchdowns on the yeah. season. So, I mean, that team, what a what a brutal schedule for that team. They they rebound off of the Chargers to play the Cardinals at home. I mean, just crazy. They had the Chiefs week one, crazy start to the season. They could easily lose this week and be just an awesome three and three team, although I do think they win. Let's get back to the show here. More viable PPR back, Funston, Naheem Hines or Kenny Gainwell? Uh, I think that I'm going to go Kenny Gainwell right now just because suddenly Marlon Mack is basically splitting Naheem Hines' normal workload. You know, and I read, I was reading Casey Joyner, the athletic, he does his kind of wrap up. He kind of was talking about that. It's not that, that Mack is really taking away a whole lot from Jonathan Taylor. He's taking away from Naheem Hines. So um, I guess until they trade Mack, I'm going to want Kenny Gainwell. For this week only, I would have sent Hines otherwise. But as the Dolphins just shown, what do you do against Tampa? You don't run with your running backs; you pass with your running backs, mm-hmm. and that's really what it comes down to. And that's why for this week, I don't like this entire backfield. Period. Mm-hmm. Sanders and Gainwell either. Like every single week has been disgusting for both of them. But in this matchup, I would go Gainwell. Although I would have, to Brandon's point, I would have went Hines if Mac wasn't being involved the past two weeks. And maybe he isn't involved, and that's something Funston and I talked about earlier this week. Potentially a sneaky pickup. Maybe go grab Marlon Mack and see if he gets traded to a running back needy team over these next couple of weeks before the deadline. One more of these, you guys. Who's the more viable touchdown-dependent back, Jake, James Conner or Alex Mm -hmm. Collins? Uh, As of today, because I have Carson in the rankings, and I seem to be more optimistic than most. But, you know, so, I mean, if Chris Carson's playing, James Conner. If Chris Carson's out, it's easy. It's Alex Collins. That's the easy one. But James Conner, only because he is their goal line option every single time. He is among mm-hmm. the league leaders in goal to go and goal line rush attempts. And he's among the leaders in turning those into touchdowns. I, I don't really have anything to add. It's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and for the rest of the season, we're assuming that yeah. this isn't like a season ending kind of worry for Carson, although I, I don't know if it's safe right. to assume that, but. Um. Yeah, it's going to be Connor in this in the role that we've seen him, which is you know, which offers a lot of decent touchdown upside. All right, one more running back topic I want to discuss, and Brandon, you blew this up maybe five minutes ago. We had a head-to-head <laughs> set up on Miles Gaskin. We knew you liked him. RB17, Jake's at RB25, so we already heard the glowing case for why you should start Miles Gaskin in week six. Let's hear the opposite of this, Jake. Yeah, it's it's basically similar to Latavius Murray's situation. And it's a messy backfield, but I'm going with the situation of what does the game script look like? Because similar to what we just talked about, like Philly, you know, Miles Sanders. We want Miles Sanders if we know they're going to win. I want Miles Gaskin if they're going to have to pass. 
And I know you said Tua is coming back and this offense has functioned better with Tua, but Jacoby Brissett's been checked down champion with his time under center. And that's the thing is like Tua does check down well, but not to the level of Jacoby. And if you're looking at this game, Miami versus Jacksonville, and we expect Miami to win this game, then it's going to be Malcolm Brown and Savon Ahmed getting their carries as they have in every game where they've run more than passed more. So I just, it's more of, do I think he could finish top 20? Absolutely, because I think he's the most talented running back in that backfield. I do agree with Brandon on that. We talked about that in the preseason. Do I trust Flores, who he himself has come out and said, Miles Gaskin, we got to get used in the passing game? That's mm-hmm. where I draw the line. And to be honest, like Brian Flores was on Sunday morning talking about the fact that Devontae Parker wasn't going to play at like 9 o'clock. Brian Flores is somewhat too honest at some times. So. <laughs> we love it got a little Pete Carroll to him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Funston, we heard your case for Gaskin. If you've had anything specific to push back on, Jake, go for it. Also, just give us maybe a guy or two uh, who you're playing Gaskin over that maybe people would be surprised to hear. Um, well, I'm playing him over Daryl Williams, uh, who we already talked about. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I'm bringing it up really quickly here. You better not say Damian Harris. I just like shut down the show. Um, <laughs> I, I, Javante Williams? You playing him over Javante Williams? I'm playing him over Javante Williams. Yes, I am. There you go. I am playing, playing him over. over yes, Hiss? I am. Um, yeah, you're drunk. I, Too early. Jake, I hope you're <laughs> right, man. I have so much Damian Harris. I, I want to be absolutely wrong on that. But, uh, yeah, as of right now, look at I mean, I'll, I'll just go back to the, the history with Tua and Gaskin. It's been it's been money in the bank every week. And, um, yeah, and, and Jacksonville, they've given up double digits, six double digit running back scores in in five weeks. So. Um, there's lots to be had. Even two guys could get double digits in this one for the Dolphins. Well, really quick answer this question for us, for our viewer, Alex. Damian Harris or Javante Williams? That's for you, Faustin. I already answered yeah. you. I have Javante Williams ranked higher than Damian Harris this week. It's a little bit wishful thinking. I, I, th- there hasn't been a, a real discrepancy in the in the Gordon-Williams workload. just that Williams each week, whether you're looking at advanced metrics or regular metrics, and throwing out touchdowns like – Williams is a better back, and we just keep kind of projecting that this this kind of change, this sea change, is going to happen in the backfield. And so, um, but I, I don't put it past Gordon and Williams to both be better than Harris this week. I'm I'm just God, I just don't know what to make. I'm back to being like Belichick with this with this backfield again. <laughs> There you go, and man, I mean, I know that it's a it's a it's a trope that we lean on every year with the uh, London games always being the worst games that get sent out there. But Jets Falcons followed by Dolphins Jaguars, not exactly the NFL's best products going across the pond so <laughs> far this season. You guys, it's always you know kind of fun. They get to see uh, the full range of things over there. Wide receivers next up, you guys, and we had a question on the first guy who I want to talk about. That question came from John the Stone. John wants to know what we think about Kadarius Tony going forward. Let's talk about what we think about Kadarius Tony this week for John because we've got another boom, 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 head-to-head battle here. Brandon's wide receiver 30, Jake wide receiver 39 on Kadarius Tony this week. Funston, let's hear the positive side of things. Um, well, the positive side of things, what you saw the last two weeks, this guy is really talented. Um, and the positive side is that Daniel Jones is trending towards playing this week. Um the positive is he's made plays at every point on the field. He's catching deep balls. He's catching medium passes. He's catching balls behind the line of scrimmage. He's playing in the slot. He's playing outside. 
he's really excelled everywhere he's been. Uh, and last week it was mostly on the outside. And if we want to say, well, Sterling Shepard's coming back, well, then, you know, we've already known that Kadarius Tony can play on the outside. I mean, Jake, Jake's lower, so I guess he can accentuate the negative. I'll just say that the Giants aren't – this guy's not going away. He's, he's uber talented, and um, there will never be a week probably when all the Giants receivers are healthy, but I don't think it matters anymore. Darius Slayton, somebody else is going to take a back seat, and this guy's going to be a regular going forward. Well, and that's the thing is that they are, except for Kenny Galladay now, that's, Sterling Shepard is back, Darius Slayton is back, mm-hmm. and that's really what it just comes down to. And you're facing the Rams with Jalen Ramsey, who Jalen Ramsey is not going to shadow anybody, so you're going to get half the game on Tony and half the game on Shepard. He's probably not going to spend any of his interest on Darius Slayton for good reasons, but that's really what it comes down to. He's actually now at 40 for me because he's back-to-back with Shepard. Shepard at 39. And Tony at 40. You can still start him. Look, that's still plenty of upside. But mm-hmm. it, I'll compare it. The same thing I said on the show yesterday is it's like Evan Ingram for the rookie season for the Giants. Yeah, when nobody was left, everybody was on. Like Shepard was hurt that year. Odell Beckham was and Evan Ingram was the last Golden man Tate, standing. Right? Golden Tate yeah. was there and he yeah. was hurt. Yeah. Kadarius Tony was the last man standing last week. And I don't disagree that he's uber talented. You are 100% correct, Brandon. Uber talented. And he probably should be their number one or number two next year because Kenny Golly is still going to be around. But Shepard's probably gone. But right now with Shepard active, I still go for the Daniel Jones-Shepard connection, which you cannot ignore. Shepard has been mm-hmm. their number two, number one for a long time. They're back-to-back. So it's not that I hate them. I just have Shepard and Slayton in the lineup. So it's just the volume is not going to be there as much. All right, guys, big change in Brandon's neck of the woods this week. Geno Smith starting for the (laughs) Seattle Seahawks against the Steelers on Sunday night football. Not exactly the matchup the NBC execs envisioned when they uh, penciled this one in for week six. Uh, We have surmised on this show that if either DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett is more hurt by Russ being out, it is Tyler Lockett. So here's the open-ended question for you, and you can take this first, Funston. I'm benching Tyler Lockett if... Um... I have, I have three guys, you know, three guys or two guys inside my top thirty because I'm ranking Tyler Lockett at thirty. I don't know what else to say other than that. Listen, like you can take the context clues of Geno Smith and what he did in one quarter of play. He targeted Tyler Lockett four times, completed one pass for seven yards, threw an interception. He tar- he targeted DK Metcalf four times. One of them was an interference for 13 yards. The other three were all completed for 54 yards and a touchdown. Like he was just much better throwing to DK Metcalf and like Russell Wilson and Lockett had sort of that ESP innate sense of knowing where each other were. And I just don't see how that happens. So I'm ranking Lockett at 30, but I could also, I mean, we see Lockett get these two, three catch 24 yard games and that could really be in play in this game. So even though I'm ranking him 30, I, allow for the idea that it could be lower and if i have a safe play even like a hunter renfro who catches five balls every game and is like one of five (laughs) receivers to do that there is there is in some cases where i might just say you know what i need the safety of renfro this week so Mm -hmm. that's my that's my case for i thought thought you were gonna leave some meat on the bone for me there because (laughs) i was about to say i have him at 30 so i was gonna say you know if you ended up getting antonio brown or brandon cooks in the middle rounds like you don't Mm -hmm. that you you're benching him if you have those guys and then i was gonna go one step further and what you (laughs) finished that with and said or if i want the safety of jacoby myers at 32 who's just behind him like that's so there's not really much left to say here yes he could hit the big play because there was one that was left on the field but that shows what Brandon talked about, Russ and Lockett have had this connection for the years. Play connection. 
And mm-hmm. the difference mm-hmm. between Lockett and Thielen is not that big. It's a very similar trust touchdown dependent. Lockett puts up more yards, but mm-hmm. I don't see that with Geno. So again, these 30, we're starting them in a lot of leagues, especially with buys, but this is the only way you could bench them would be if those options. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time Lockett had a good fantasy game without having like a fifty-yard catch? Maybe that didn't go for a touchdown, but like, right, I mean, that's that's who Russ looks too deep. Yeah. And we've, Russ Locks, has been one Lock of the best deep ball throwers in the league. Seven catches for ninety yards, very often. Uh, that's just that's just not happening. So you got to trust Geno to hit him on one of these big plays. And so there is some risk tied to Tyler Lockett this week. There's also some risk tied to Allen Robinson, as we've seen every <laughs> week this season. Let's look at the flip side of this, Jake. First, you are starting Allen Robinson. If and I guess what's a fun question. Tyler Lockett versus Allen Robinson, but what gets <laughs> Allen Robinson into your lineups this week? Uh, any- I mean, it, it gets into your lineup if he's in the wide receiver four. Do you like the wide receiver th- low end three, high end four? If you need boom or bust and your top two wide receivers are strong. Like, I'll never I, – I tried to explain this in one of my pieces about when I'm trying to decide between wide receiver three and fours. And I said, if my top two wide receivers are like Amari Cooper – that's actually funny. Amari <laughs> Cooper and Tyra Lockett are my top two wide receivers. I'm going Jacoby Myers because I need – like, I can't have that much volatility at all three. Those are three boomer bust guys. But, you know, maybe this week, and let's go back up my list here. Let's say my top two wide receivers are Deontay Johnson and Keenan Allen. Then I don't have a problem throwing in Allen Robinson because I want you – know, I could go for that ceiling. So if I need a ceiling play and I have the lineup that can absorb that ceiling play, then I would go for it. But for all intents and purposes, I mean, look at the names he's around for me. Devontae Parker, if active. And very similar at this point. Tim Patrick, very similar at this point. Odell Beckham is like, these are those kind of names at this point. (laughs) Yeah, you know, if you're sitting in a a Yahoo league or an ESPN league or any league. By the way, it's the other 13 games because we're on buys. He got that wrong. (laughs) But anyway, go ahead, Boston. Yeah. And you're looking at you know you look at your team projections like everybody does for what you're what mm-hmm. you're projected to score that week and if you have like a Hunter Renfro and a, J- a Jacoby Myers and an Allen Robinson you're looking Renfro at your pro- fan club over here yeah well he, Jake's been throwing out <laughs> Myers so I just like I guess Renfro's my guy but you just like you're like you you're you're projected low you know and you just like need that boomer bust you know potential of Robinson that's where you go for him and and you know but I think Jake basically said it in in another way so I think we're on the same page with that all right well let's uh, stick in this range of the wide receiver rankings Jake you talk about these guys being wide receiver fours let's hear from you Funston on this first a wide receiver four that you want to start in week six yeah uh Jake just mentioned his name Tim Patrick uh, I like the matchup against the Raiders I like Tim Patrick basically being a double digit fantasy point guy four out of five weeks he's been playing as a wide receiver three and people keep ranking him as a wide receiver four but, uh, yeah, I have him ranked inside my wide receiver three range this week. I like Tim Patrick. So, I like Tim Patrick as well. I'll say if playing Devontae Parker. is the, like I don't know why people are off mm-hmm. on Devontae Parker with no Will Fuller. I understand the injury is a concern. But Devontae Parker, when he's out there, is honestly top 30 play. And against Jacksonville. So, uh, the one step further I'll go down this list is for, for one more week. I, I, you know I've been down on this guy. But for one more week, I'll give LaVisca Chenault one more chance because <laughs> here's why. It you wasn't even out. Jags fins. You, you wish uh, you were in London. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited to wake up early this week finally. No, just, uh, it really comes down to is this is what you, this is how you attack Miami. The Tampa Bay and Miami were very similar, and that's why I like that game. But you attack them over the middle of the field, tight ends, guys who can get ex- – and so I think this sets up well for a LaVisca Chenault game. But that – 
requires Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence to use him more than they have. Yeah, and uh, it would be. I mean, after that one catch he had last week, maybe uh, maybe that gets him. Like, in the how good are races. we putting Jamal Agnew <laughs> on the field more than Lavisca Chenault? It's insane. It's absolutely. I mean. There's a lot of things that have been hard to figure out about the first <laughs> month and a half of the Urban Meyer regular season tenure in Jacksonville, and that's uh, one of the more benign ones for sure. Let's get to make a case for you guys. Here we go. We're going to make a case for some players. Again, you know the drill. We've got four guys here. Going to pull them out at random. Let's see who we got. Let's see. Let's go with this guy. Let's go with this guy. Um, All right. This is a fun one. We're sticking over in London, and we are going to go to, let's London, say, we've baby. heard from Jake plenty on this game. We've heard from Jake plenty. So, Funston, let's make you talk about someone in this Jags-Fins game. It is Jalen Waddle. Make a case mm, for him. I haven't talked about Jalen Waddle a whole lot this year. Um, well, again, I guess I'm, I got the rose-colored glasses on with Tua coming back, and I, you know, I, I guess the jury's still out on Tua, which is funny that I just, but it, I, the jury's not out on Jacoby Brissett. We know what he is. It, it's a very low-ceiling quarterback. Mm-hmm. I like the upside. You look at Waddle, I mean, his first game of his career was with Tua, and he caught four, four balls for 61 yards and a touchdown. This is his best game to date. He's had a 13-target game that wasn't better than that with Jacoby Brissett. I just – I like it. I like it even better, I guess, if Devontae Parker isn't there. Either way, I like him because it's Jacksonville because there's not a whole lot. Will Fuller's like not him? there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like him. Uh, I don't I don't know what I said. I don't know what the joke you're making you said, is. You but said you like him like four times in that You said like, yeah, like four times in yeah. 12 seconds. There's a, there's a few th- things I like about the setup. So, uh, yeah, that's my case for Waddle. I like him. I <laughs> uh, like him quite a bit. Just like liking guys. It's, just, it's fun to like stuff, right? Uh, Jake, let's hear a case for... Oh, yeah. Jacoby Myers. <laughs> I think it's... <laughs> I, I just did. I, I like Jacoby Myers. I like this matchup. I like that what he's doing. <laughs> Jacoby Myers, for all intents and purposes, I keep making the joke the other direction recently, and everybody's like, oh, this is the week. He has to score a touchdown. It's like, you said that the past three games. But here's the problem is he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to score a touchdown. He can come out of the season with three or four touchdowns on the year. It's still, we're waiting for the first receiving touchdown of his career. He has two passing touchdowns, two (laughs) passing, and zero receiving. Even if he finishes with zero, he's going to be a top 30 wide receiver. That's all you need to know about Jacoby Myers. He is their new Julian Edelman, just without the touchdowns. Like The one thing about Tom Brady is he found Julian Edelman for seven, eight, nine touchdowns all the time. The only mm-hmm. difference here is just it's Julian Edelman without touchdowns. I feel like he's flirted with a touchdown like most games. Like he's right there, you know, either getting tackled at the one or something in callback. It feels like we're going to hear the screams the from Boston. Well, Foxborough, with, if he ever scores. <laughs> New England, Providence, Rhode Island, yeah. that whole area up there. Uh, Michael Pittman, there. Ask, let's, uh, Boston's nice. Been to Fenway once. Went to a Cubs-Red Sox game there. Been there, too. A lot of good history if you're into that stuff, too, which I am. Check it out, Jake. You're not too far. Not too Take far. A drive. I mean, <laughs> I'm it's in not Virginia a short drive. Beach. I know. We'll get a you know get a, jump on the uh, jump on the Acela. That's, that's a day Amtrak. drive. <laughs> get on the Amtrak. Go up the coast. <laughs> Work your geography. Drive, no, I also yeah. don't have trains that come around here. Nice try. Uh, you know, drive to D.C., get on the Acela there. Take oh, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. Can, can we move on to Michael Pittman? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Pittman, is he becoming a must-play, Funston? Yeah, I think so. He's wide receiver 13 over the last month. He's like the seventh most targeted wide receiver. You saw him on Monday night. He was moving the chains for Wentz late. Um, he's just kind of the go-to guy. I mean, the only thing you worry about 
I guess a little bit maybe is T.Y. Hilton coming back. But look, at you're, you're going to be six weeks in, and I just think Carson Wentz has sort of established this chemistry with Pittman that's probably not going to go away. And, and you're, he's a must-start this week against the Texans, absolutely. Yep, nothing to add. Yep. All right, let's wrap up wide receiver, Jake, then with a wide receiver three who belongs on your bench in week six. Hard to find, but I think you can do it. <laughs> uh, so if Landry's back, Odell Beckham. Not even starting him at this point. The only wide receiver ever. I don't even really want to start Odell Beckham in general, period. Um, In general, period? Is that really even? (laughs) General, comma, period, exclamation point. Yeah, there you go. Uh, When you have 300 yards and two touchdowns and you come out of the game two for 30 in Odell Beckham, it's not just that Baker Mayfield's better without Beckham. He's just better not forcing it. That's the truth. The, Mm -hmm. The headline catcher is he's better without Odell Beckham. The truth behind it he's better not forcing it to him. So he's a definitive bench if Landry's back, and he's even possibly still benched, even if there is no Landry, depending on your other options. Yeah, I mean, that was my guy, too. It's obvious. What are we doing? We're continuing to hit our head against the wall with Beckham. I guess the other one is Allen Robinson, who we've been talking about. No, yeah. you know, no disrespect to either of these guys' talents. They're just in bad situations, and Darnell Mooney is being ranked as wide receiver 40. I think Allen Robinson belongs right there next to him. So uh, both of these guys are getting in as a courtesy of their Barkley. of their name brand. Good. Looking good, Barkley. I will Barkley. Uh, further rain on the Odell Beckham parade. Uh, Zach Jackson, our Cleveland Browns beat writer, was on our Tuesday beat writer edition of this uh, podcast. And I asked him if Odell Beckham had become an afterthought in the offense. And he said he can't think of any other word to describe Beckham and the role that he's playing in that offense this season. So I do think that Odell Beckham is in a prove-it-to-us-before-we-trust-you situation, which, frankly, I never thought would happen during his time in Cleveland. All right, guys, let's wrap things up here. i got a couple of tight end questions for you. We're going to start with the head-to-head at the tight end position. David Njoku, Brandon's at tight end 14, Jake at tight end 19. Brandon, let's hear the plus side of David Njoku first. Yeah, well, he's just, you know, they like to go with the three tight end sets, and Njoku gives them an option of like a sort of a receiver, you know, playing in the tight end role, and we've seen a couple big games. I think my deal with him is, uh, you know, when you're out here, you're playing for upside with these tight ends. I mean, because so many of them, if they don't hit, are just giving you that two for 20-something, you know. And at his worst, you, get, you know, he's going to give you that. But at his best, it's so much better than a lot of these guys that you're going to plug in there if you're kind of waiting in this level of the tight end mm-hmm. pool. So I like the big play upside. I like the fact that, you know, that, that he had that huge game last week, and I just feel like they're going to maybe try to chase that a little bit more. Mm, I'm glad you said the word chase because that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. I was going to say, if you didn't see Barkley earlier, chasing <laughs> the tail. That's 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 what we're doing with the Browns. I don't want – and I just said it. I don't want anybody but Jarvis Landry. Nobody. And I don't care about the tight ends because then it's going to be Austin Hooper week. And then mm-hmm. Harrison Bryant's all of a sudden going to be active and catch a touchdown. And just – as you said, a lot of three tight ends, it's Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's Rashard Higgins. It's whatever. I mean, he's at 19, so you could potentially stream him. I'm not that far off from Funston. I'm just playing the devil's advocate because that's the side of it that I'm going with here. Is I'm just not putting him near my top 15 because, sure, he could repeat. And also, it's the Browns. Different person every single week with this team. All right, Dawson Knox has really come on strong over these last couple of weeks. Jake, is he a top five tight end rest of the season? 
I don't think top five, but I think he's very close. You have to remember Kyle Pitts. I would still, I know, look, I said I have legitimate concerns in the waiver column about TJ Hawkinson. It was the concerns I expected mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, and I didn't expect it to be this bad. I, but I did expect Jared Goff and that defense as just focusing on Hawkinson would be a problem. I still The volume is still there enough. It's a good chance to bounce back against Cincinnati this week. Obviously, you have Kelsey, Waller, Andrews. Kittle's when he's back and healthy, hopefully, within those three weeks. And then, again, Kyle Pitts. So you're already at five. And you have Dalton Schultz, who I would still take just a hair over Knox. So he's top eight. But, I mean, top eight is a huge success. I mean, yes. Dawson Knox wasn't <laughs> drafted. Neither was Dalton Schultz. I mean, to have Dawson Knox finally be a thing is just – top 10 would be a success for him. Yeah, I'm a little bit scared too, but what, what I'm sort of heartened by is he it started this started last year. He scored five touchdowns in the last nine games uh, last season, and he's kind of become their Robert Tunyon from last year mm-hmm. where, you know, they don't love the volume. It's good – as Jake said, it's good enough. But he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of red zone work, end zone work, and that's you know that's a difference maker at the tight end position. Touchdowns are huge a, at tight end. From yes. and this is from a team that lives, 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 making big plays, lives in the red zone. Great offense, great quarterback. Definitely a nice guy to have tied to your tight end position is Dawson Knox. Guys, one more question. We've been ending the show with this the last few weeks. It's become a staple of this show. What is Monday's fantasy headline, Funston? Give it to us right now. Go go first, Jake. I forgot oh, about this. I will morning. go oh first. God, I have it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Monday's headline is there are zero undefeated teams left in the league. Uh, the Browns upset the Cardinals at home uh, by playing. Browns are favored by two and a half points. Are they? Well, so yeah. they're but they're not the undefeated team. So they upset them from being <laughs> there. You go. They 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 take the win. Honestly, that's not even a favor because you get three points for home field. So technically, on a neutral field, they're a half point underdog. So, yeah. but point being. There are zero undefeated teams left. The Browns take that one. They've had a ridiculous – you mentioned it, Beller. You have one like- of the tough, toughest opening schedules, and they have the talent on defense and offense to knock them from the undefeated tier. With that undefeated or with that uh, upset mention, you sound like the person who writes the uh, ESPN ticker when like a college team is ranked <laughs> higher but is playing at home. Right? It's like oh, so is that, that's what you're typing everyone. at the same time, Jake. You're right. That is what I was typing, typing for. So, are you talking about? Are you talking about like Cincinnati upset Notre Dame, like that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you got? You plenty of, got time to come up with a headline here, Funston? Um. Yeah, I was gonna toy with the idea of the headline being Chiefs fall to two and four, but I can't quite get myself there. Uh. I will go with Jacksonville gets their first win. I will say that the Seahawks get their get their first win without Russell Wilson Homer. in over a decade. Travis <laughs> <Yeah>. Homer Funston. <laughs> Unbelievable. If you know me in my history, I'm always reverse jinxing. I'm always going against my Seahawks in hopes of the reverse jinx. Unbelievable. You give this guy a taste of baseball success for the first time in 20 years, and suddenly hey, he's got it's hockey now, too. Seattle all day. Yeah, he's got That's a right. hockey team now, right? It's just all Seattle all the time. I love those graphics they do on guy. the floor, by the way. Did you see the opening the with the Vegas Knights? Yeah, when they did, they were burning the Kraken alive on the inside. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the Kraken's home opener just because I, I just want to see it. It's just always fun seeing new teams. Hey, yeah. if you have five thousand bucks, you might even be able to be there live. I'm good. <laughs> Seven thousand. Get, get a plane ticket yeah. uh, from Virginia Beach <laughs> yeah, to Seattle the, too. Oh no, I'll just drive. <laughs> it's right around the corner, Miller. <laughs> 
Oh, man. All right. That's going to do it. We're going to wrap things up here on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks to everyone who joined us on YouTube. Thanks to everyone who's listening to us wherever you are. If you are on Spotify, Apple, something like that, and you're not an Athletic subscriber, 50% off deal lasts another six days. So you got to do it now. Athletic.com slash fantasy football pod. For Jake, for Brandon, I am Michael Beller. We're back with you next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the games all weekend. Let's all go out there and get some W's in week six. Thank you.